0: <clears throat> so, <coughs> in uh, offering. Offering some teachings, offering um, some thoughts, some words. This is my offering, uh, and you know, some may land, you know, bits may land on different for different people, different hearts at different times. I just throw some seeds out and. Um, listen and see what lands for you yeah. it doesn't matter if it doesn't all land because there'll be some more tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> if there is a tomorrow <laughs> of course <laughs> and it's all there in the books anyway <laughs> but we just sing the songs and uh, We live in this this, uh, shared mandala of empathy and companionship, mutuality, that we're uh, entering, remembering, perhaps falling out of and re-entering. This is the crucible of the transmission. It's always people to people, heart to heart. And that must be very respectful. So, you know, it's up to you to it's so not me to push this, but just uh, my position is to present and you listen and see what lands for you. And tonight we'll have a question period. <clears throat> so, you know, saying several things and so this, uh, recently I've just been talking a bit more about on the level of the measureless abidings, or the measureless states, upper manor. Or Brahma Vihara, they're called, and metta karuna muditrupeka, kindness or goodwill. That, yeah. compassion, karuna, uh, that which seeks to protect and to even include the painful. Realizing that actually, mysteriously, this is the best way to protect the citta from ill will, hatred, and despair by actually opening to what is mentally, emotionally painful. So, this is a very profound uh, realization and takes quite a shift. And naturally, quite a lot of the time, most of us contract against the painful. And push it out, and we don't even really know what the painful is exactly until you've heard this thing in you, time and time again. You know you shut you down, and you wonder who it is and why do I think like that. Why are my thoughts running around in circles? Uh, why am I still remembering what happened five years ago? And after all, I've forgiven her anyway. So what's the matter with that anymore? You know, after all, we're all human beings, and that was years ago. Let's move on. Well <laughs> actually you get down to it that was painful it is painful <laughs> it hasn't, you didn't get over it you you laid some stuff on it but it actually it's still did you get to the pain of it or did you just go through all the mental you know well it doesn't matter okay did you go through all that mental conceiving that l- put layer on top of it and you know part of the process of our meditation is to go back to that nakedness, you know, beyond, the beneath the person. Of course we can all manage, you know, amazingly enough, really, we can manage. Human beings can manage just about anything, really. But that is what we're here for. We're here to sort of peel the layers off. Let the layers unpeel, unfold to come back to something which has been Dukkha, is Dukkha. Mm. And that's the first noble truth, and that's universal, and that's where, where the Buddha's teaching really aims for. The pain of having messed up, the pain of being not succeeding, the pain of not being able to control one's mind. The pain of having a bad temper, the pain of f- feeling rejected, the pain, you know, whatever it is. The pain of having a stupid da 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 who lives next door to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's so easy just to skip to the story, isn't it? And run it round again. And, well, no, no, just go back to the pain. It doesn't have to be searing agony, but you'll feel there's the itch of Oh, you know, then zoom, off into the story again. And really, you know, practice is coming back to that the karunā, the ability to. I want it. I want this. I want this because there's actually nobody else here. There's just this, and the moment this chitta is broken, in between. The me sense and the thing that's bothering me. The thing that's bothering me it could be another me, of course, because <laughs> we don't just have one self. There <laughs> are quite a few all struggling for the to get center stage. So it could be, you know, one aspect, one self, you know, controlling self and uh, failing self clashing together. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the dissonances, not necessarily acutely painful, but the jarring and the dissonances, and you know, that, uh, gen- the ongoing generation of that, of that dissonance in various forms. And we wa- we want to welcome that in, because actually if that dissonance could be released then who who's there At that moment it's just chitta the person ceases doesn't mean you've killed him it just means that particular person also, per, that bit of person has stopped being active you know, so it's cleaning clearing out you know the personal realm and often you know part of the Intimacy and part of why it's so each individual specific, and part of why it seems first so counterintuitive is that release is actually personal. It means, you know, that piece of your person, personal picture that you actually don't like, and you wish you could go to the transpersonal bit where it's all deep samadhi and bliss and everything's fine and cool. No, that, that silly little personal piece <laughs> that's the piece that you need the samadhi for. <laughs> it's not just there as a trophy. You know, you got good with samadhi last retreat or you no, no. It's there such as there is to address that piece. And it's time, you yeah. That means we gain the the somatic strength resolution or fullness to experience that contracting and where's the whole body now something like that where's the whole body now without moving away from the contraction here's the tight piece and then where's the whole form which has been lost because we got so fixated on that contracted piece where's the ground I mean, the whole thing. Where's the ground? Where's the space? So you just open and widen till you get the ground, the space. It's not very clear. It's not, you know, visually specific, but it's a sense of, uh ah, it's complete. There's no more. Yeah, and it's, at at the widest extent, it's almost slightly dreamy almost. It's not optically crystal clear, but it's a sense of a wide space of presence. And within that, from that ground, arises what I call primary sympathy, it's like a, a resonance of, this is where addressing these gods, t- turning these measureless abidings beyond the person if you like right down into the sense of being as I was been saying the other days to learn to receive the gift of goodwill. where you don't have to deserve it be good pay anything back whatsoever achieve anything get a result because of it become happy because of it. No result is asked for. Just keep receiving. Uh, Welcoming yourself into presence. Not asking for any result at all. Apart from may I continue to welcome myself into presence, that's all. Every time you get No, I can't do this. Okay, there's something. Let's just touch that. Can't do this. Uh, Very wide and soft and... How does that can't do this feel? Hmm. Do you know that one? Surely you must have quite a few of those can't do this moments. Must be familiar now. Before it spins into what I can't do and why I can't do and how I'll never be able to and everybody else can do. And it seems so easy when he says it. <laughs> why am I so stupid? Before it spins out to that, just go back to the can't, can't. Ah, how's that feel? Yeah, Frustrated, irritable, restless, defeated. Uh, try to at that time just welcome that one we've been defeated a thousand times and yet something has never given up on us something cannot give up on us that's why we're still here that's how primary it is we call it awareness Something so, in some way, so nebulous. What's that mean? You know, I call it ground awareness. You know, the door to the deathless. I don't know. You know, I throw some words at it, but can you sense that the thing that, that cannot give up doesn't know what that means? Whereas the retraction, the contraction, that does giving up all the time. It does giving up, it does uh, getting upset, it does trying again, it does looking somewhere else, it does criticizing myself, it does feeling everybody else has got it together, feeling I never, it does all that stuff really well. It's a, you know enacting you know, tragedies every day. It's really great of that. But something doesn't do that. And if, what's always here, what's here at the end of the breath, what's here at the end of the emotion when that surge rushes through and finally gets tired of itself and pauses, what's there? What's always been there? Mm-hmm. So our quality of goodwill is to, you know, turn back to that which is immediately open, all-embracing, all-receptive because it doesn't know anything else. This is chitta at the very primary level. It's measureless. It is measureless. It doesn't know comparing. At the very primary level, it doesn't know comparing and contrasting and future and time and progress and defeat, doesn't know it. It Only knows a measureless quality. Uh, you know even if you just kind of wouldn't it be you know if you just kind of get that even on a kind of felt sense or wouldn't that be nice but it is there and you don't necessarily feel it as a sensation you don't know where to look for it as a sensation as a thought as something i can get going because it's it, that's all secondary it's not primary the primary is standing right behind every action, for good and bad, it's standing right there behind it. And this is why with devotion, we surrender ourselves and something is there, receiving. Buddha, awareness, yeah, you know, whatever you want to call it. This act of surrendering is both deeply humble in a way deeply loving deeply trusting deeply respectful intimate and it stretches it stretches the person past there what's the point of this stretching past that lengthening past that and then what comes back you know is this uh what I call primary sympathy, Anukampa. Something in us surely searches for our well-being. Isn't that the case? And we've tried sights and sounds and touches and tastes. They were quite nice, some of them, but that didn't quite hit it. And we tried ideologies and thoughts and beliefs and joined clubs and sects and followed this, that, and the other. that was kind of exciting for a while. It gave me a feeling of, yeah, I'm on the right side. Didn't quite get it either. <laughs> then I, <laughs> thought oh, I'd meditate and do this and that, with this retreat and that retreat. That was kind of interesting and that was sort of fun. And I didn't realize how crazy I was. Uh, that was insightful. Didn't quite get it either. <laughs> But just because it's so utterly simple that all our doings tend to take us away from it. It's like a deep descent of, that's why I say receiving, rather than doing. Because that allows for that deep, deep descent to the ground of where one is stripped bare, nothing, doesn't matter, In homeless state, Vulnerable, doesn't matter. Mm. And in that vulnerability, that's, strangely enough, that's when we finally feel held by something that doesn't ask for any, any performance, any appearance, any manifestations. Mm. Receive that gift, because it's your own chitta's request You know, it's a given and it's also in response to that jitta sort of has a kind of request. May I find my well-being? May I integrate that? May I stop running away from it? Uh, And we think we're running towards it, but all running takes you away from it. This is part of the strange logic of Dhamma that's so even if you get it conceptually it's still hard, so difficult to do on an instinctive level, we always run away from our well being, thinking it's in the future, in somewhere else, in something. Mm. So there are many processes that or several processes that are undertaken just to begin to, you know, unplug that 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 movement. Mm. Certainly deep, deep acceptance is part of it, on a very fundamental level. Resonance, which means whatever is whatever you sense, try to take it down to the feeling, whether you go through this whole train of thought and constructing a universe of yourself and others and where you stand in all that. Try to crunch that down or assess that in terms of one word could be something like busy, could be flustering, could be rushing, you know, still sort of fairly neutral, simple word then, how's that feel? Well, feels driven, feels uncomfortable, feels, pressurized, feels, hungry, feels, fighting, feels, got to, feels, you know, on my own. Uh huh. how does that feel? Oh, how are you with that? Just get down to the feeling. Oh, dukkha. <laughs> okay. Now we're trying to, how's that? How is it? Not why, how is that? And it's tremendous uh, compassion and tenderness to open to that and realize you, you must not run away. So primary sympathy is the only tune, the only song in town in, in that sense. That's one way of putting it. Everybody gets this is another way of saying it. Mm. and there are many different ways of saying it but that's for simplicity's sake for the sake of primary resonance primary sympathy you want to make the words really simple so you don't get too conceptual about it all and then welcoming back welcoming back the, the stupid, the defeated, the besieged, the panic-stricken, the controller—you know—welcome them back. Say, "Oh, come on back, welcome them home." Want to, because they're splitting off. They're splitting into to a, two, uh, two different selves. Me trying to control my mind. So, just welcome back. Welcome back. Something that first seems like you know, debris, or uncomfortable bit. Rewilding, rather than domesticating, tidying up, rewilding, and rewilding at first is a very messy process. Taking out all the rough stuff, the ground is all broken up, and uh, nothing looks very good at all. and just the sympathy, which is natural. Because surely, without trying to, without, isn't it true that we seek well-being without even trying to? You know, if you get down to it. What does that mean to you? I seek love, I seek wholeness, I seek understanding, I seek liberation. How do you want to word it, it doesn't matter. But essentially, there is this sense of seeking that which is, loosely speaking, better, you know, more complete, more where the suffering stops, where the struggling stops, isn't that Something we don't have to do, it's innate. Once you, you know, it's what primary resonance means, primary sympathy. And maybe just trusting that and calling all the pieces back into this form, like compost, you know, see what comes out of all this stuff. So that's uh, one way of touching into the process. It's very often the case that our the primary problems is conceiving yeah. and this is the a trajectory which is quite again quite normal whereby you know this energy arises through the heart into some sort of what's called vaji Jitta sankara is this sense of you know agitation or hmm, there it is what's what what rise into verbalizations the bud say encourage often internal thoughts lo um, though what happens? We, there's a discerning of a something, a disturbance uh, and then the, then the rising of a person who needs to change that, allay it. Yeah. There's the arising of the problem, or the thing which has not been understood, or handled, or still causes dissonance, and then the person arises who will deal with it or try to deal with it. You get this, the self and the world kind of appear, <laughs> yeah, like out of a rabbit, you know, a rabbit out of a conjurer's hat. It's only f- the unfold from a dissonance, uh, yeah. And as they unfold, the dissonance takes a form. My history, my life, her, him, them, this duty, this what I was in, my life, the world. And as that's happening, the self unfolds with it into, you know, oh dear, pressure, uh, oppressed, uh, struggling with this suffering. Self arises, and this kind of this split occurs, conceiving. Mm. And then within that, you know, how do I get this thing sorted out, arises. The self decides it's going to do something about the world, its world. it starts looking at how to do it. Maybe I should, you know, forget it. Stop, forget it, forget it. You can't forget it because the self is part of the dissonance, so though it attacks the world that's created, it's not the world that's the problem, it's the dissonance from which the world and the self arose. So we're always fighting or, chat or meeting the wrong piece. Yeah. It's the it's this sense of dukkha is to be understood, not, you know, you name it, the story, or, or you know, it's, that but also what happens is in this confused state of conceiving once the world and the self have come into form when I say the world I mean your personal world yeah your your narrative your scenario then this this self tries to allay or calm or soothe or mollify or gently shush out the door the scenario and it hasn't addressed the main thing. So we can indeed, we can push it away for a while. But it doesn't really, hasn't gone to cessation, you don't get that sense of something has really finally been a heart. And the personal self at that moment disappears. This is why it's got a, got a personal quality to it. So when you're, another way of looking at it is when you're, in, when you're experiencing this sense of you know, conflict, when you're conflicted because of this thing that's happening to you, just turn it around. I call it looking at the face of the mind. Who is, who is trying to deal with this? Can you get a picture of the person who is beset by this problem? What does she or he look like? Would you describe her as radiant, joyful, <laughs> confident, calm? Or would you describe her as under pressure? Would you describe him as, as struggling, or yeah? It doesn't. It's not to just to note that. Yeah. Well, how would that one ever really resolve? Does that per Does that one who appears to seem doubtful, confused, hesitant, a bit agitated in trying to work things out, that one? So this is where it gets quite personal in a way. But remember, that person is not some ultimate truth. And that person is the one you want to welcome. Come on home. You don't have to. Come on home. This is the power using the power of of metta karuna modita equanimity it's like this now rejoicing you know in the the occasion we have this is the right time everything is perfect <laughs> i'm suffering like crazy <laughs> the best place to suffer in <laughs> 'Cause now it gets more and more difficult to really, you know, actually reify as something out there. <laughs> yeah. And then compassion. This 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 difficult sense has to be open to and the one who is beset has to be welcomed, brought back with a quality of kindness and goodwill. Yeah. And when the self, when the, as that person dissolves, the world dissolves with them. This is the way to the end of the world. So conceiving, you know, seemingly innocuous everyday pursuit. Mm-hmm. And of course, Lovely, well to me it's a beautiful piece of the Buddha comes up with and I wanted to read it to you. The Language again is mesmerizing at times, because there's bits that seem so often you think well yeah, 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 and suddenly something comes out and you go, what? <laughs> So the Buddha is addressing the group of bhikkhus, bhikkhus, and I'll abbreviate it somewhat. Bhikkhus in this world, with its devas, maras and brahma, and so on, whatever is seen, heard, sensed, cognized, reached, sought after, examined by the mind, that I know. Whatever is seen, heard, sensed, cognized, reached, sought after, examined by the mind, that I've directly known. It has been known by Tathagata. Hmm? So now he's going to something quite this is not a person anymore. This is Tathagata. Which is the way the Buddha would refer to his yeah his well what you say his, but the awakened quality. But Tathagata did not become subservient to it. If I were to say in this world with its devas etc, whatever is seen, heard, sensed, reached, cognized, reached, sought after, examined by the mind that I do not know, that would be a falsehood. If I were to say whatever is seen, heard, sensed, cognized, etc, I both know and do not know, that would would also be false. If I were to say I neither know nor do not know, That would be a fault on my part! So Having seen what can be seen Tathagata does NOT conceive the seen Does not conceive the unseen Does not conceive what could be seen Does not conceive one who sees Having heard what can be heard does not conceive the heard Does not conceive the unheard Does not conceive what can be heard does not conceive one who hears. He goes through the senses, having cognized what can be cognized, he does not conceive the cognized, does not conceive the uncognized, does not conceive what can be cognized, does not conceive one who cognizes. So <laughs> it's actually all he's done is just kind of describe the wiping out of all the places where subject and object could possibly arise. Yeah. In brief. So it's just. Where's that? Seeming a state of. Where's that? Thus, being ever stable among things seen, heard, sensed, or cognized, Tathagata is a stable one. And there is no stable one more excellent or sublime than that stable one. Then he comes out with a short verse. Among those who are constrained by self, the stable one would not posit as categorically true or false anything seen, heard or sensed, clung to and considered truth by others since they've already seen this dart to which people cling and adhere saying, I know I see it is just so the Tathagra's cling to nothing so the resolution of subject-object split Tathagata, this quality means thus come or thus gone. It's beautifully ambiguous because in a way, thus gone out of Samsara, thus come into this world with blessings. So this is nature of Tathagata. It's gone, it's done the complete course, finished and it returns to give blessing. This is, this is the most common term the Buddha used. He very rarely used the word Buddha. Uh, so something was kind of quite specific about that. Gone out, but also come home mm. with blessing. And that to me represents, you know, the descent into to ultimate ground where it's finished. Yeah, if there's, there's no subject, no object, it's it's, so it's ceased Nibbana. And then this primary resonance Tathagata comes, comes into this form. And this is we say primary sympathy anukampa. Yeah, and this is the path giver, Tathagata's path giver. And in a way, you know, Mytholo- poetically, emblematically, this is exactly process. You know, If we touch ground for a split second, second, who you knows in clock time, how long that is. There's a moment perhaps of a deepening. And from there, primary resonance of you know, sympathy. And that's just, rather than going into conceiving. And so often conceiving moves into, I have attachments. I'm very attached to my coffee, my sleep, my dog, my partner, my job, my, you know, you name it. You can just, (laughs) because as soon as you wave the attachment word, suddenly the whole world can appear as just that. Because once you've, begin to drop that crystal into the potency of the chitta. it starts to tremble and it reaches around and picks up. It starts to cling. But it's not that you cling, you're not an attached person. You'll notice from time to time how attachment, how this process of contracting, clinging, adhering to, fixating upon, locking into, generates a trapped person, or a person who feels guilty, or a person who complains about their attachments, (laughs) and doesn't release them, because he's so attached. And I'll never be able to let go of that. But it's not saying, the Buddha's not saying, there should be nothing seen, heard, sensed, touched. There should be no, you know, okay, in your lives, coffee, dog, pond, Doesn't doesn't say they should not exist before you can be happy, it's just a sense of you know, there isn't this and the you know, there's this there isn't this sense of contracting around it. There's openness, mutuality, blessedness in what arises. Mm-hmm. The giving, the receiving, the sharing, the understanding. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, you're not going to get that much of that going with your coffee pot, but you will get it going with your body. You start to, this is receiving it. It will start to like you. (laughs) Receiving it. Yeah. How are you? How are you doing? Would you like to move a little? Could you, would, how would it feel under your ribs? Would you feel more comfortable there? Could you, is that okay? Is this too fast? Can you feel the space? Can you feel the ground? Just that sympathy on a somatic level. Feeling agitated or tense? Okay, let's see how. what, what is needed here, rather than relax, will you? <laughs> I've told you time and time again, relax, relax, let go. <coughs> Whack, you know. (laughs) Primary dissonance rather than primary empathy. So, how does tension feel? What does it need? This is meta, primary meta, just how, what's need, what do you need? Not what do I need, what do you need? Mm. And you don't know. I mean. you know, just so you start to just welcome it perhaps it needs that it's not a bad place to start maybe then it will speak a bit louder maybe it will kind of, uh, suddenly it will go Oh! it will breathe out or a pang of sorrow will rush through the heart and it will oh that's what it needs it just needs to move mm-hmm. or an image flashes into the mind and Oh, oh yes, there she is, dissolving. So these releases are, can't be predicted, um, manipulated. This is why the, it's kind of mysterious, but you rely on primary empathy and space and somatic presence and forgetting time because something will not give up, cannot give up. Doesn't know what that means. So when we've found ourselves in the conceived world, which probably that's what happens because it's so fast, there's such a high-speed track, to that place. Perhaps we've hardly ever left it. Yeah. When you find yourself there, as you and your past and your, and you and you're your body, you and your mind, you and your hindrances, is there enough in terms of you know, clarity of understanding, banya, Enough is sense of right resolve, right energy. And you don't know how much. And collectedness, composure. And as you keep using this process of mani, what's called yonusol kind of deep attention to just take the layers off. You come back to that fundamental hurtness, which always seems to me like something has been taken away or withdrawal or or we've lost presence. We've lost wholeness, we've lost completion. You could say it's a withdrawal of love, sympathy. We've gone cold, we've gone hard, we've gone functional. There's a loss of that. Mm something's been lost. And this happens basically because unfortunately that's what people do to each other many times. So you pick up the pattern, you've just been dropped. Not just what has been done but what's not been done. You've not been welcomed, you've been dropped, closed. And so there's the panic of how to get back into that to that place of wholeness which something knows that's your home. And we have to meet the guardians or the ones at the doorway to that who are often not very nice, the dukkha. So there's certainly a role for the thinking mind in all this, but instead of forming concepts, it turns the other way, it turns from concept, which is the conceived of world with its time and true enough narratives, you know, but true enough it doesn't get you anywhere, <laughs> to a world which seems to be somehow fantasy but it happens to be true, <laughs> the truth of Dhamma, which is you know, not the story, but the tonality of it. Not the answer, but the problem. You don't want the answer, you want the problem. This is the crazy logic of Dhamma. You don't want the solutions. You don't want the rights and wrongs. You don't want the should be and could be. You want the don't know what to do, feels uncomfortable. That's what you want. (laughs) You're right on the button there, and then, who's that? Welcome them, softening, winding, opening, and they'll they'll start to change. And you just keep taking that winding, softening, opening, and to the place where it can't, you know, where the opening, some sense of, you know, let go of time, let go of space, and, you know, the resonance will come through. And you stay there, letting, letting that resonance, which is the innate wish for wholeness, for cessation of dukkha, however you want to put it, the ending of the dissonances, the ending of the fracturing, the ending of the struggling, whatever that is in there, that deep resonance, just let that sound resound and be heard and felt. This is a place which is no place, a place of no abiding, a place which can't be tracked, named, pinned down, held. It's called the ultimately stable place, which has no foundation and no limit.